seconds uh, because of it because of technology issues. Um, fortunately, I am doing a lot of stuff right now, and I only have very limited time in my day to really fix tech stuff. And on top of that, I'm very bad at tech stuff. So, yeah, it's been a hot second. I've maybe two weeks since I've actually three weeks actually uh, from today. Uh, it has been a very long time. I've been I've tried two recordings of episodes and stuff has not been going right. So I'm trying something a bit new today. Hopefully something works out. Um, but yeah, I mean, technology, what can you do <laughs> when you just shoot for something and you have no idea what you're doing? So it's great. Welcome to the Cinema Lounge where we chill and talk about movies way too much. I just ripped, I ripped that straight off of someone else. Uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Welcome to the Cinema Lounge, where we just chill and talk about movies, but an appropriate amount of talking about movies. I'm your host, Garrett Inman, and I've never ridden a train before. That is true. I, I'm pretty sure it is. I might have ridden a subway, but that is about it. <laughs> uh, today, I am by myself because... Uh, the past, the last time I tried to host someone on the podcast, uh, the technology just kind of gave up on me, and then I tried to do it by myself, and the technology gave up on me. So I'm trying to do something a bit more strict and simplistic, uh, something that will probably hopefully be easier on my camera, or uh, not on my camera, on my laptop, uh, and hopefully once I get some better hardware i can run some better software so just bear with me uh, i think the next couple episodes might be by myself uh and since the last time we talked one-on-one -on -one, uh the last time oh crap just kicked my camera sorry about that uh youtube viewers also i'm going to be looking at my computer a lot because that's just where my natural eye line goes but the last time we talked just you and me alone we talked about, to all the boys I loved before, a very okay rom-com that is currently on Netflix right now. And no, we're not going to talk about the sequels. Uh-uh, not yet. That, that'll have to wait until next February. <laughs> That's when I plan to talk about them. No, today we are talking about something else, something that I am very passionate about, um... And something that I'm going to try to do on my solo episodes where instead of talking about a movie that I think has a lot of theme, thematic uh, messages that I can talk about with guests or break down with guests, when I'm by myself, it's a lot harder to do that <laughs> because it's just me talking. So instead, what I'm going to do for my solo episodes is I'm going to pick out a TV show or a movie that I think is overlooked, underappreciated, or I don't think any of you guys have seen or heard of yet, and I'm going to try to sell it to you. I want you to watch what I'm, I'm talking about. Uh, and in order to do that, no spoilers, uh, unfortunately. Uh, one of these days I want to actually like bring someone on and talk about this show because... It is such a thematically rich show, <laughs> but first I want a lot of my viewers to watch it, uh, and it has not get, been getting proper viewership, but yeah, today we are talking about Infinity Train. 
Infinity Train was, or is, a uh, cartoon that is currently on HBO Max. Uh, it started on Cartoon Network uh, first, and then after its second season, it transferred over to HBO Max because low viewership or whatever. Me personally, this show, I think this show has been mistreated a lot. Uh, I've been a fan of this show since day one. It, they put out a 10-minute cartoon pilot uh, back in like 2016, 2017. I watched that, fell in love with the concept and the idea behind it, which was this girl waking up on a train. She has a number on her hand, and she doesn't know how to get off, doesn't know what the number's about. And it is about her journey off of this train. So they kind of, that pilot blew up. They just had to make a season one about it, broadcasted it like late at night when people couldn't watch it, and then just dumped it on the car the Cartoon Network streaming service app. Uh, and then did the same thing with season two, decided to just dump the season three on HBO Max and made it get a Max original, and HBO Max has not been promoting it properly. Uh, then season four came out yesterday, uh, the day I'm recording this, it came out yesterday when you guys are listening, uh, or when I'm releasing it, it came out on Thursday and I was very excited about it. I didn't find out about it. I didn't find out it was happening until last week, uh, which was very strange. I've sat down to record uh, this episode talking about Infinity Train because it was just a show I wanted to share with people. And when I clicked on IMDb, I saw that there was a fourth season coming out this week. So after the botched recording last week, I'm like, I'm just going to watch season four too. So I sat down, binged the entire show past two days. Uh, and now I'm ready to talk about it. Also, it's getting hot. I'm taking my hood off. Holy cow. <laughs> but... This show is just on another level of cartoons. It, it is very mature in how it approaches subject matter and in uh, just how characters behave. It's not this hyperactive fantasy setting. It's, I mean, I, I looked up the genres for this show and it pretty much falls into everything. It had sci-fi, horror, uh, fantasy, um animation it said kids and family uh but it, it it fits into so many different genres so well uh and i might as well tell you generally what the show's about so infinity train is an anthology series uh which means each season follows a different set of characters uh as they wake up on this mysterious train that seems to have an infinite number of cars and each car has a different world inside of it they wake up, and all they have is a number on their hand. And the entire point of the season is for them to try to figure out what the number means and how to get off the train. So season one, we we get, uh, we get pick up with a character named Tulip, uh, who finds... She doesn't find out, but her parents are currently going through a divorce, uh, leading to some miscommunication which leads to her not being able to go to this computer programming camp she wanted to go to, which makes her angry. She decides to run away from home and try to make it on her own. And that's where she encounters the train, gets on the train, and now she's on the infinity train. Uh, 
So she has to team up with a robot named One One, who's a little ball who uh, is a little, I guess, not not bipolar, but he has two different personalities to him. One's a very upbeat, happy-go-lucky ball, and uh, the other half of him is a very sad, depressing, morbid ball, <laughs> uh, or half-sphere thing. I don't know. Uh, and then she teams up with a, a corgi king named Atticus. And they team up to try to figure out what's going on on the train. Uh, what the There's a conductor kind of doing things in the background. And they're trying to figure out who the conductor is and what the conductor is up to. And clearly I mentioned divorce before. This season is about Tulip processing through her parents' divorce. Realizing that it wasn't her fault they got a divorce, but also learning to kind of adapt to these situations in life. Uh, and th this kind of parallels with the conductor, who I think is a very strong character uh, in the entire show. They're a recurring character kind of each, not each season, but you see the conductor a little bit sprinkled throughout the entire show. Season one really delves into... Tulip, though, and, you know, without as little spoilers as possible, uh, Tulip has to go through trials and tribulations each episode, gradually learning lessons, uh, trying to figure out a way off the train, but also learning more about herself. Uh, I think I wrote down, like, uh, I, I took notes while I, I rewatched the show. But each, I'm pretty sure in season one, uh, Tulip learns an episode, or learns a lesson every episode. Uh, she learns, you know, you have to work before you can have leisure. Uh, she learns that a good team cares for one another, not just uh, trying to accomplish each other's goals. Uh, she learns about patience. Uh, you can't just rush a solution. You have to really take your time and work at it. Uh, it's okay to express your feelings. Uh, she learns to take off. There's an episode where she has to go back into her memories, and the memories she sees are fake, some of them. So she has to learn to take off, for lack of a better phrase, because some of them are worse than what she what actually happened. But take off the rose-tinted glasses and really see what ha really happened to her. Because, and this is how we, as people, remember things, is we process our memories through our own perspective and through a somewhat self-serving perspective where we remember something not as it happened but as we felt when it happened or how we think it should have happened sometimes. And so that's something Tulip has to process as well. Uh, taking uh, yeah, taking taking responsibilities of things out of your control can do harm. That's a big lesson she has to learn is she took responsibility for her parents' divorce, but um, she, she has to kind of process through that and say, this wasn't, I'm not responsible for this. I didn't cause this even though I, I, I'm trying to fix it. Uh, ask for help when you have a problem. You can control your own life. It's okay to cry. And she realizes she's running away from the changes in her life because she's scared of them. 
and grant maybe some spoilers in those lessons but i think those are some powerful things to 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 learn and one of my favorite quotes in the season is when she's talking to someone and she says you i'm going to butcher the actual quote but it, it's the general idea is powerful where she says we can't create the perfect life for ourselves we just have to learn to adapt with the ones the one we have and that line freaking hits <laughs> so hard uh because that's something she has to learn herself but that's also something some other characters have to learn as well and i mean each episode is 11 minutes long 10 episodes in each season so like you know the reason i was able to binge this entire show in two days was because each season takes about an hour and 50 minutes to watch uh so you can easily watch through all these. But season one uh, is really good because it delves so deep into not only dealing with divorce, but dealing with heavy, heavy life situations where something big happens that rocks your world and completely changes the way you live your life. Uh, and you can't go back. Something irreversible like a divorce, like a death of a loved one, uh, stuff like that where these big life-changing events happen and you can't do anything about it, but you feel like you're responsible for it anyways. You're responsible for fixing it. So you take, you put the burden of that on yourself and you try to create this perfect world where that incident didn't happen. Uh... And that type of stuff is just super heavy for a children's cartoon, but I'm glad they did it. Uh, and, and I think, after, especially after watching through this whole show, season one is still my favorite uh, because of these deep emotional issues and learning more about the train. The, there's, there's a very large amount of lore packed into this show <laughs> uh, and stuff we don't know about. Uh, yet, hopefully. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, season one, really good. Season two focuses on a different set of characters. It focuses on a character named M.T., or Mirror Tulip, uh, who is Tulip's reflection. Uh, in season one, we meet a character uh, who essentially, you know, the ref is the reflection in Tulip's mirror, but in this world, in the world of Infinity Train, the reflection... So if I were to have a mirror right now, pretend my phone's a mirror if you're watching this, but if I had a mirror right now and you saw my reflection, I see my reflection in my phone, that is a completely different entity that lives in the mirror world, and their entire existence is to do what I do. <laughs> that is a boring existence. So a mirror tulip decides she doesn't want to do that. She wants to be her own person. So she breaks out of the mirror world, and now she's stuck on the train. She meets a character named Jesse. Uh, who, as we come to learn, also has identity problems. Uh, and they team up with a, a super-powered deer named Alan Dracula. Uh, I don't really know what all his powers are. He, he's kind of not a deus ex machina machine, but he just has, he can do anything, but he just does it selectively. Uh, which makes him a fun character because he's just a normal deer that just randomly will 
grow bigger or turn himself into balloons or, you know, shoot lasers out of his eyes. He just kind of does as he pleases. So he's he's just a fun character to have in a show like this. But clearly this season is about identity and finding ourselves, finding who we are, find trying to find uh, what we want to be because... People, you know, Tulip's, Mirror Tulip's whole arc is people continue to place I- identities on her. She's supposed to be M- Tulip's mirror. People refer to her as Tulip's doppelganger. And she's trying so hard to get away from that. Uh, so her whole arc is trying to find an identity and find out who she is aside from what people told her she was. Uh, while Jesse, his problem is... He likes being what people tell him to be. <laughs> and his problem is he does that too much. He's a people pleaser. He doesn't want to hurt anyone's feelings. He just wants to fit in. And his whole arc has to be, no, I need to be my own person and own up to my mistakes rather than kind of just trying to fit in with the group and who whoever, you know, fit in with the group so much that it hurts those who love you and care about you. Once again, really heavy topics, uh, but really, I, I think they do it properly. Uh, once again, th- this season's more about someone who isn't a passenger, so Mirror Tulip's whole thing is she's trying to find a way off the train that isn't, that, that she can't, <laughs> that she can't get off the train. She can't get off the train, but she wants to. Um, but this introduces us to just kind of the themes of peer pressure and, and identity self-actualization. We get to learn more about how the train operates, uh, see more of the inner workings, kind of uh, take away the curtain and see the, the gears working. Uh, yeah, it, there's, there's not a lot to say past that. The season's really good. I think it starts out pretty slow in the first five episodes. Uh, you don't really have this giant looming threat like the conductor. In season one, the villains are just a couple of mirror police who, while solid, they don't have that thematic connection to Mirror Tulip as strong as a, uh, a thematic connection. They, they're kind of there, where they believe that we're supposed to serve their the reflections are supposed to serve purposes but that it's not really fully explored if that makes sense but season two was still really solid season three is when they moved over to hbo max it got a little darker i was gonna i was prepared to say that season three is a lot darker but season two uh some characters die in it and a couple of those deaths are really brutal uh, season three, there are probably less death, but I'm uh, off the top of my head. There are, there might be less character deaths, but they're more, they're more emotionally substantial. Let's put it that way. Uh, and one of them is really, really brutal, but yeah, season three is about this group called the apex who live on the train. And they consist of passengers who have been on the train for years. Uh, the way the train works is you're there you're there to learn. <laughs> and if you don't learn, you're not getting off the train. 
Uh, so this season is about uh, the Apex, who is a group of kids who fundamentally misunderstand how the train operates. They think that you're supposed to get the highest number possible, uh, and that's how you get power. And they're followers of the conductor, who at this point isn't really in the picture at all that much. But they follow the conductor. They think the conductor is the right way to go, almost like this religious extremist group. They go from car to car, uh, beating up what the show calls denizens, which are pretty much, you know, I talked about the corgi and the deer. Those are denizens, creations of the train that are only meant to help and serve the the passengers and help them learn their lessons. Uh, so this season is about the leader of the Apex and her second-in-command getting separated from the rest of the group and having to find their way back to the Apex. And uh, a big theme in this is prejudice, uh, where the Apex, Grace and Simon, the leaders... Uh, view these denizens as less than people. They're not real. They call them nulls. Less than zero. Uh, so they treat them like garbage. They they say we're owed, we're owed this. Uh, we're owed everything on the train, and these these things aren't worth our time. Even though these things have feelings and have lives. So the season, the the big character arc is learning to overcome your prejudice and learning to accept that you can be wrong. You can be wrong about your way of thinking, which, yeah, that that is a very important thing for a lot of people to learn nowadays. Uh, not, <laughs> not to delve too much into it, but there are a lot of people out there, and, and especially in terms of uh, the P word, politics. <laughs> that uh sometimes you need to learn you can be wrong and uh if you listen if you heard that and said yeah those people need to learn to be wrong yeah no i'm talking to you too bud <laughs> when that when i say you need to learn to be wrong it's not oh they need to learn to be wrong. no you know i can be wrong on things too so i have to learn to accept that i can be wrong it's hard to but that allows for personal growth uh, so, especially to the people who immediately thought of a friend who needs to learn to accept when they're wrong. I think you might be the one with the problem, bud. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, this this season is so heavy in that theme of uh, these two characters who are such tight friends. And their friendship is built solely on survival and based off of this ideology. When one of them starts to change it, the other one starts to feel hurt and betrayed. And it just sets off this collision course where that ends in this giant bat not giant battle, but this, th this very heartfelt battle where you think these characters are going to come back and some of them do and some, some of them don't. And there's a really surprising uh, moment in the season that completely caught me off guard the first time watching, and it made my heart drop because you <laughs> you think it's gonna go one way, but then it doesn't, and it it is heartbreaking 
because you see both sides of a people group who not people group a group of people same thing who believe so so solidly this this way of living and this way of life that when they're confronted with the opposite one of them changes and the other one doesn't and gets pushed the other way uh it it's such a good dichotomy in this season once again you learn more about uh the train not really how it operates but more how you get to learn more about how the denizens live uh and you get to learn more about the fallout of season one uh season three is season two follows a character who was in season one but season three really kind of follows up on those events as to what happened to the conductor what what's going on with the conductor what uh i guess all i'm gonna say is turtles <laughs> what's going on with turtles uh <laughs> And if you haven't seen it, that made no sense. But you watch the show and it just, it clicks. What's going on with the turtles? Uh, and what what is happening in this cleanup effort? Uh, so it you really get a follow-up on this. You get to see more of the conductor and how other passengers perceived the conductor. Uh, not just tulip and i think that's great uh there's a recurring character named the cat who really gets uh some a little bit of character development in this season she's introduced in the first season as kind of our minor and secondary antagonist and the more you learn about her and her backstory especially in season three makes her such a good character uh but yeah this season especially how it ends is just (laughs) uh but I want to end with a quote in in that talk with this season with a quote from the toward the end where it's just it's unfair for me to tell you how to understand yourself. We're all on the train for different reasons, and then you know someone goes, "Well, what are we supposed to do?" And it's just we just got to figure it out. <laughs> and it's like once again, that is such a good quote and such a good lesson to learn in life. Is just we're all living life for. A, different reasons we're all here to serve to do different things uh as a christian uh i believe that our purpose here is to serve god serve christ um but we do that through different ways um we can do that through different ways uh but we don't know the reason so part of that purpose of being here is figuring it out (laughs) learning what our interests are, what what our per- learning how we serve that purpose in life, and I think that is some powerful stuff. Uh, yeah, dang, those first three seasons are really good. Now we're gonna get to season four, which, ooh, I'll, I'll tell you this. Okay, back kind of the backstory behind this. They just dumped it on HBO Max this weekend. I'm pissed off at that. Uh, the way they've treated the show. But when they released the trailer for this, they canceled it, the show, simultaneously. So, as of right now, there's no more seasons of Infinity Drain, which is so upsetting. (laughs) Just because, like, at least give the season a chance. Because 
maybe the viewership will blow up and I hope it does. And that's part of the reason I'm doing this, even though I have a very small platform right now. Hopefully someone will listen to this uh, podcast episode and just go, this, this show sounds really good. I'm going to go watch it right now. And the good thing is it doesn't take that much time. You can knock out the entire show in about, Oh, let me do some quick mental maths real quick. <laughs> oh, man. You can knock it out in about seven hours, seven and a half hours, I think. Like, it, it doesn't take that long. You could even watch one season a day. Just, like, treat it like your movie night. Hour and 50 minutes, sit down one day, watch season one, watch season two, watch season three, watch season four, just kind of back to back to back if you want. However you want to watch it. I watched season one. Wednesday night, and then I watched seasons two, three, and four <laughs> on Thursday. But the reason I bring this up is this is the final, right now, the official final season of Infinity Train, and going in with that mindset, it is a little disappointing. <laughs> uh, season four takes place before the events of season one. They decide to kind of flash back. So this this takes place... Oh, I think maybe 30, 40 years before season one, if I had to guess, based off of a certain character's age. Um, but this focuses on two passengers. Past couple seasons, it's only been one person being dropped on the train. This season presents a new, uh, kind of a new idea of two passengers being picked up by the train simultaneously getting their numbers and being dropped off. And they have to get their numbers down by working together. This two, these two uh, people are uh, be high school best friends who wanted to start a rock band. But unfortunately, one of them was too, uh, too cautious, didn't want to commit. Uh, this one, his name is uh, Mingi. Uh, Mingi. I think his last name is Gi, so everyone calls him Min, so I'm just going to call him Min. Uh, and his best friend Ryan decides he's going to go ahead and pursue this. So he's going by himself, going solo, playing his guitar, singing songs all across Canada before ending up back at Min at, in their hometown, where Min is now a shift manager at a Humpty Dumpty-themed restaurant. Uh, and they realize their friendship has kind of dissolved a little bit. So they, you know, wake up on the train. Uh, and they have to kind of work through their friendship. And the way it starts out, you have two very significant characters in the first episode who appear. And it made me super excited because I thought we were going to see something uh, with the overall story. Kind of seeing how the train was before uh, season one and something changed. But you don't really get to see that. The only real differences is the costumes. You kind of get a visual representation of some stuff that happens in the first three seasons, but that's about it. It's really small scale, uh, focusing on Min and Ryan's uh, friendship and why their friendship fell apart. Uh, and whenever it does focus on on kind of what they're feeling and them admitting their wrongdoings, it's really good. Uh, especially, so, the first episode of the season is amazing. Probably one of my favorite episodes of the show. The next, uh, the next three, 
the next four episodes kind of introduce us to their journey to the train. They team up with a, uh, oh, what's it called? A diner bell? Kind of, you know, the front desk bells that sit on the front desk and you can kind of ding, ding. Yeah, they team up with a sentient version of that named Kez, who is a bit of a troublemaker and has enemies. First off, interesting concept for uh, our their partner, a floating, talking uh, service bell, uh, who also kind of reflects a bit of Ryan's personality, I would say. But Kez actually gets to go on a character arc this season where she learns... She starts out, and she's a flaker. Anytime she causes problems, it's just kind of, well, oops, I guess I'm just going to move on. You guys can deal with that. So she has a bunch of enemies on the train. So she tries to take them back to her home, but they have to get through a lot of her enemies. So the first, so episodes two through five are kind of setting up all the enemies that she's made. And those enemies decide to team up to try to track them down. Uh, and then the next four episodes are really good where each episode really focuses on ryan and men's relationship uh they have to play a concert together and the ending of that episode is just really subtle and really sweet the next episode is about uh them having this giant argument and it's a really that episode's really creepy they're in like an art museum and there's this hand monster (laughs) Uh, walking around the hand monsters really creepy but also it's them just getting in this giant argument where they're airing their grievances against each other and it's just kind of soul crushing (laughs) you finally get you really get a true moment of authenticity between the two where you really feel get to know what they're what they really feel uh the next episode they finally make it to the car where kez lives and all their enemies catch up with them uh, and they get lost in a maze. Then the next episode, they finally meet Kez's roommate. Uh, and you get to know kind of the relationship there, why Kez is bringing them to the roommate and who the roommate is and uh, her baggage. And those four episodes are really good because they really delve into why these friends fell out. The last episode, I was a little disappointed how... Uh, it was good up until the resolution. The resolution was a bit silly. It was a bit too cartoony. It almost felt like it was back on Cartoon Network where... Uh, I, I'm trying to think. I'm just going to leave it at that. I was going to say, like, this is how everything gets resolved. I'll just say, it gets resolved by two words. <laughs> two words, and it's just like... We've seen that before. We've seen the the whole, oh, I need to learn this and so i'm going to do it and that solves all our problems when in real life i mean granted they don't acknowledge they don't say this fixes everything it's more of it's a start and that's usually how it is in real life but still it was a bit goofy and i'm a little disappointed how it ended uh and then also you know it ends with this big moment that we have heard about in the first three seasons but it ends with this big moment uh, that causes ripple effects throughout the train that we pick up in in season one. However, it happens all off kind of in the background off screen. So there's that. So season four was like it was good and it deals with a broken relationship, broken friendships, which 
is something that it, a lot of people can empathize with, but it just doesn't feel as heavy as divorce and, and dealing with monumental uh, familial changes or uh, self-actualization, self-identity, or uh, prejudice and overcoming your prejudice. Like, that feels deep. And that was some, that was all three of those just felt something that hit not so like really close to home, but something that just like that felt real. And this one was just, oh, yeah, friendships fall apart all the time. And it just kind of gets wrapped up in a nice clean bow in where the past three seasons are. They're big personal uh, moments, but it's not like everything gets fixed, I guess. Uh, so season four was a bit more conventional, especially in its ending. But the relationship between Ryan and Min was properly built up. Um, I, it, it was a fun season. First half of the season is a lot more lighthearted and fun, while the second half just really doubles down on the emotions. Uh, I'm glad Kez gets on, goes on a, uh, this character arc where she realizes she realizes that she doesn't care about other people's feelings. She just cares more about not like whenever she encounters confrontation she just kind of bolts which i kind of feel that i'm not confrontational myself um and yeah that was a slightly negative note to end on but it is a, still a good season and also i want you to watch this show if it there's the possibility that if it gets enough viewership hbo might renew it for a fifth season. The show, Owen Dennis, the guy who created it, wants to have eight seasons. And I can see that eight-season arc happening. But I, at the very least, I want one final season that wraps up a lot of this lore that, that's kind of been teeing up uh, what's going on with the Turtles. That's the... <laughs> if you haven't seen this show before, that sounds freaking insane. Like, that's that's the big mystery I want to know right now is... What is happening with the turtles, and what, what, what is that? What, like, what, what's the deal with them? <laughs> um, so, yeah, I want another season. Uh, HBO, you done screwed up with that. I mean, HBO Max isn't even like available to all countries, so who knows? Once they do that, viewership might skyrocket. But in the meantime, if you're an American and you're watching this, and like. I think 90% of you are American. I have a few Australian and UK listeners. If you guys have access to HBO Max, go watch Infinity Train. Uh, really good show. Well animated. The animation, so good. There's some really good uh, action moments in, in, this, in this show. But yeah, I, really good. Really good. Uh, dang, I really... <laughs> I really want to talk about this with someone and just go deep into spoilers. But first, I want you guys to watch it. Uh, it's really good. Please go watch it. It's got some a really great cast. You got uh, man, you got Ashley Johnson who voices the girl from The Last of Us and Tara and Teen Titans and she, very good voice actor. Um, you got Ernie Hudson. Uh, you know the the. I keep forgetting his name. I'm bad with with some character names sometimes, but he's in the Ghostbusters. Uh, you know, the one who's not Dan Aykroyd. Uh, you know their names. <laughs> the one who's... 
who's not Igor or uh, Vankman or whoever Dan Aykroyd plays. He's the other guy. <laughs> uh, Ernie Hudson's in it. He's a really good actor. Uh, I mean, you have, shoot, you got the dad from Get Out is in it. Um, ben Mendelsohn, the guy who plays the scroll from Captain Marvel, is in it. Just such a good, good voice cast. Uh, man. I can't think of anything else to say about it. I was gonna try to stretch this out. I'm 40 minutes in, and I think that's a good. I think that's a good place to leave it. Is I broke. I kind of talked about how what each season kind of delves into and kind of the lessons learned. I think that the lessons you can get from it are universal. Uh, like the, the, these aren't just like kids' lessons. Like oh no, stealing, stealing's wrong. <laughs> And stuff like that, where like baby shows. This isn't a baby show. Uh, this isn't even like, like I'm a cartoon dude. I love cartoons. Uh, Amazing World of Gumball, regular show, two of my favorite shows of all time. Uh, but even with those, m most of it is because it's just funny. Uh, regular shows a bit more on the teenager centric side uh, to young, you know, my age because it is about two like twenty something year old dudes trying to find their place, trying to figure out their life. So that's something I really buy into, but both of them focus on the comedy. Infinity Train is all about the themes and really delving into the feelings behind certain life events uh, while also developing a massive amount of lore. So first off, go watch that. Also get HBO Max. It is, <laughs> it is somehow criminally underrated <laughs> as, as a streaming service. There's so many good movies, so many good shows, access to every DC, anything on there. If you want to watch some Justice League, Batman, Superman cartoons, they got you. They'll hook you up. You want to watch some live action, excuse me, Batman or Superman movies, they got you, man. They got all, they got a lot of Christopher Nolan stuff on there, some Time Warner stuff. I mean, you got anything from Charlie Chaplin to Kong versus Godzilla. They got everything on there not that literally but like a lot of stuff on there so get hbo max and check out some of their stuff uh close enough's on there really good show created by jg quintel dude who created regular show also owen dennis was a writer on regular show so if you're a fan of regular show that should be more incentive uh young justice is now on there another great cartoon i'm all i'm also pitching cartoons right now but there's also some good live action stuff uh so yeah get hbo max watch infinity train uh i guess if i'm still i don't know if i'm still doing num numerical scores or whatever but for now easy easy 10 out of 10 for me one of my like top 20 favorite shows uh ever made right now yeah <laughs> i have no idea how to end this because it this was just kind of me word vomiting. So, thank you. I guess thus concludes our episode of the Cinema Lounge. The first time Garrus is by himself and he tries to pitch you a, a TV show. I was I was trying to mimic silly songs with Larry, but it was bad. Uh, thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. Uh, sorry that it has taken me so long to put out another episode. Uh, I'm going to try to work on some technical aspects. I'm currently in school, so it is a bit 
<laughs> it's a bit hard to do it right now. Um, some of my time has currently freed up. Uh, finals week, I think, is it three weeks from now. So after that, it should be I'll be able to focus more on this. So yeah, stay tuned for the next episode of the Cinema Lounge podcast. Um, I guess I got an announcement to make. I'm gonna try to I'm gonna push these back to Mondays at around three. Lighten up the worst day of the week. Uh, catch you guys while you're towards the end of your school or work day. Also, it just gives me the whole weekend to watch new releases or get some stuff together because the weekends are usually the times I can actually sit down and do stuff like this. I'm doing this on a Friday. <laughs> so, yeah, moving it back to Mondays just to give me more time to kind of get these out. Um, yeah, so thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. Uh, this will be going out on Saturday. You don't have to worry about that. <laughs> if you're listening right now, you know that. So, I don't know why I mentioned that. Thank you for listening, watching to the Cinema Lounge podcast. That is the third time I've said it. I won't say it anymore. If you want, if you're listening on Spotify, follow us on Spotify. You're listening on Apple Podcasts. Follow us on Apple Podcasts. Give us a five-star rating. Tell me how awful and how trash this podcast is. If you're watching on any or listening on anything else, uh, thank you. I don't know how any other uh, podcast stations operate. So, yeah. Just do do what you usually do on those. And if you're watching on YouTube, I'm going to turn my attention to the camera finally. If you're watching on YouTube, I'm, I'm going to put that down. If you're watching on YouTube, press that subscribe button. Give us a thumbs up uh, and tell us, and by us I mean me, tell me how good I am and how great I am at my job. <laughs> uh, and leave a comment. Have you seen Infinity Train? Uh, what did you think about it, if you have, and should we start a petition or a, a Twitter hashtag to, to revive it? Um, also, I would like to, I forgot I was going to do this. I was going to credit, uh, there's a YouTube channel called The Roundtable, who, besides maybe one other YouTube channel, has, has been the only one I've seen kind of talking about the recent Infinity Train stuff. Uh, that's where I found out about the cancellation and the new season. <laughs> so, uh... I guess, I, I don't know, if you, I'll put like a link to either his channel or the, that video that I found uh, in like the description section or if you're watching on YouTube, I'll put it on the iCard that'll probably pop up right there. <laughs> First time I'll go, I'm going to try to do that. But yeah, check him out, give him a subscribe or whatever. I don't watch a lot of their stuff, but from what I've seen, really good guys over there. Uh, shout out to the round table. Uh, yeah, I think that is all I have for you guys today. Thank you for listening to the Cinema Lounge Podcast, watching the Cinema Lounge Podcast. I have been your host, Garrett, uh, and screw corporate stuff. <laughs> I, I don't know. Yeah, see y'all later. Bye. Love y'all.